The Talking Points podcast is produced in partnership with Fee Michael Gibson and clinicaltrialresults.org. Dave Kanzari, Mike Gibson coming to you live from TCT 2021, and we're talking about the Optimum study. Talk to us about what you're doing, Dave. Thanks, Mike. We have recognized for some time this escalating prevalence of these so-term surgical turndown patients. So patients with very complex anatomy, complex coexisting illnesses that are deemed ineligible by the heart team for bypass surgery. And historically, at least culturally in interventional cardiology, PCI has been the default strategy. And as we saw this number of patients escalating, not only in the United States, but elsewhere, we thought it's time to study this because these are patients who are not mapped by appropriateness criteria. Societal guidelines offer limited, if any, information regarding treatment recommendations. And further, the reasons for surgical ineligibility are oftentimes not captured in standardized risk models. And so Optimum was a prospective investigator-initiated at 22 centers in the United States evaluation of outcomes of 750 patients with complex coronary anatomy deemed by the heart team at that individual site. So a cardiothoracic surgeon and an interventional cardiologist were both co-principal investigators. The patients were determined to be surgically ineligible, and we evaluated their outcomes. And we initially started to include patients with no revascularization options, just treated with medical therapy alone. But perhaps for all the reasons I'm sharing with you that the overwhelming prevalence was of PCI patients and we modified the protocol to include those patients just undergoing PCI but with surgical ineligibility. And very briefly, our our intent was to survey their health status outcomes but also their mortality, and to compare their mortality against the surgical predicted risk models like STS or Euroscore 2. And we can talk about the complexity of these patients for a moment too, but the short of it is is that the mortality was 5.6% at 30 days for these very high-risk patients, which... Doesn't surprise me. Does it surprise you? It, um, the, well, it, it, it was at parity with what was predicted, interestingly, by the surgical risk models of STS and Euroscore. And I have to say, coming into it, I thought we should, as interventional cardiologists, perhaps be doing better than what would be anticipated by surgery. But on the other hand, the site surgeons predicted a mortality of over 10%. Mm-hmm. And we get into the art of medicine versus the science, but it's, you know, we, we certainly did not study mortality with surgery in these patients because the surgeons turned them down. But at the same time, it's plausible that the mortality indeed would have been very much higher had surgery been performed because the patients have so many coexisting illnesses. And when we started to look at the STS prediction of mortality and morbidity, that was approaching 30%. And you think about the consequences of those perioperative complications, it certainly could have led to a much higher mortality had surgery been performed. Right. So what are you going to do with this information? What's next? There's a wealth of information coming out of this with regard to clinical decision-making relative to health status, relative to clinical outcome. Just very briefly, we observed despite that substantial improvements in patient-reported health status related to angina, related to heart failure. And so I think that this data will help us, number one, inform decision-making in, in, a, in a shared decision-making process with patients and their families. 
in terms of really providing what the true estimates of survival might be, of complications, of what benefit you may expect when we do PCI and you're not eligible for surgery. Um, secondly, I think that we'll gain greater insight into which patients uh, might for whom futility might exist with regard to revascularization. These patients might be treated better with only medical therapy. And I think it also helps inform us with regard to procedural strategies. So in a 50-year-old with a left main lesion and a chronic total occlusion of the right coronary artery, it may be very appropriate to achieve completeness of revascularization. But in a 90-year-old with a left main lesion and a CTO of the right coronary artery, it may be better just to do the left main in, with the intent on improving survival and leave the rest. And so how we strategize with regard to interventional strategies, that is, um, I think will be a big part of this study as well. Wow. Sounds great. Congratulations. Thank you. Sounds like wonderful information help guide us. Thanks for joining us, Dave. And thanks to all of you for joining us here from TCT 2021.